All right, and welcome into another edition of the Upspeed Podcast. Tyler Head, Dalton Molinax with you as always, uh, navigating a few technical difficulties on this episode, but nevertheless, we are making sure we get this episode in. And Dalton, we finally made it. We are less than a week away from the day tone of 500. Monday night as we're recording this, everything gets kicked off in right around 24 hours. We're going to see the Bush Clash tomorrow night. Yeah, we've got the clash, and, and obviously, you know, the the new kind of speed weeks. I, I'm actually, I'm actually kind of, you know, enjoying it so far because I know we talked about in our last episode how, it, you know, you you just feel like you know you have qualifying and the clash on Sunday, and then, you know, you just have a break, and it just not that you forgot anything, but you know, I mean, it's just nice that it's all it, there's consecutive days of on track action between Tuesday and the Daytona 500 on Sunday. Yeah, you, so. you definitely want to get in the season and hit the ground running. And in years past where, especially in years past, where you had the Super Bowl and then you have to wait like two weeks for the um, the ARCA race and the Bush Clash and qualifying and all that stuff. Then you have your off days of Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then you get into the duels and all the, the events of the Daytona 500 weekend. But, yeah, we're jumping literally Super Bowl kicked off 24 hours ago. And then here we are talking about you know, only being 24 hours away from the Bush Clash. So no downtime, just jump right into it. And that's that's what I hope we get in years to come as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's such a seamless tran- transition. And plus, too, like, you know, I saw a lot of people I mean, after the game last night tweeting, oh, on to baseball season or whatever, you know, that additional week that you'll have by right. moving things up. It can't hurt before the start of baseball season, so... Yeah, for, for sure. A lot of people are talking about, well, it's basketball and then baseball's coming up, and I'm excited for those things as well, but NASCAR is my one true love, so that's what I'm most excited for. Yeah. Uh, jumping into the Bush Clash for tomorrow night, a little bit of news regarding this that we got, um, I guess it was the tail end of last week, and this is something that had been rumored for a while. Uh, Ty Dillon, who won a stage last year, we know he won one at the Roval, I believe he may have also won one at Talladega. I'm not exactly sure. I know he's won one at Talladega in the past, but but regardless, with the modified um, eligibility for this year's clash, including uh, stage winners from last year, Ty Dillon was eligible for the race. We know he's going to be running the 500 for Gaunt Brothers. That's a team that wasn't going to have a car prepared for the Bush Clash, but 2311 racing, you know, obviously going to have Bubba Wallace in there in the 23 car full-time this year. They said, hey, come drive for us. Be our first official driver and come run the bush clash well and and, you know a tie season is just really a a a piecing together of of several different rides and um like you said it's been rumored for a while that this was going to happen but you know we were just we were less than a week away and we hadn't really heard anything so you just kind of were like well i guess it's gonna happen um but good on 2311 racing for you know being like yeah let's go ahead and get started you know because obviously they're they're the talk of the town amongst many other storylines that we'll hear about for the next week um i will say that it's not a slap in the face it's not the way i want to put it but it kind of sucks for bubba to know that he's not gonna be the first person to ever officially drive that car i mean look he's gonna get the car the entire season sure and but it's like the (laughs) you know when you look in the, the history books we're talking about you know, at the end of the season, you know, 2311's moved to NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Uh, it won't be him. It won't be Bubba in the car. So, but but good for Ty. I like Ty. I'm a fan. Um, I hate that he's not in a full-time ride, but sure. um, he's put together some stuff and, and was able to, you know, 
like you said, win a couple stages last year and getting the getting the class. And he's doing something, and, and we've talked about this too with guys like John Hunter Nemechek, who's decided to go back down to the Truck Series run for KBM. Daniel Hemrick, who's going to go full time for JGR in the Xfinity Series. And you can add Ty Dillon to that list as well, as he's also going to run some Xfinity Series races for Joe Gibbs Racing. He's going to run however many races for Gaunt Brothers Racing. So he's another one of these guys that's positioning himself within that Toyota camp and it's interesting that he gets to be the first driver to run for 2311 racing because we know Denny Hamlin wants that team to expand probably in the next couple of years who that next guy is going to be to get in that second car is still up for debate but guys like Ty Dillon, Daniel Hembrick, and John, John Hernemacek are putting themselves in position to possibly be selected when that time comes. Exactly, and you know that's the thing is you're you know you're only as good as is what you're producing right now. Right. Um, so, a, a team like twenty three eleven, they're going to look to to have somebody with a little bit of you know a little bit of momentum rolling into the season, and um, you know, and a guy like Ty is somebody I think that you know he takes care takes care of a car. Um, he's obviously I think a very talented driver. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens with that car and and, and how. Um, things move forward with him. And I think about it from this perspective, too. This is a brand new team that's going to get to run in an invitational event. Not only that, it, this is a year where we've essentially doubled the number of road course races. They're going to be points racing events. So these 75 laps tomorrow night are going to be extremely, extremely valuable for 2311 racing. It's not, it's not 75, it's 35, right? Uh, yeah, 35 wait. laps. Sorry about that. I was about to say, sorry, I'm thinking about the old, but the Bush Clash. Anyways, the the laps tomorrow night that Ty Dillon's going to run are going to be extremely valuable for this team, not only for the Daytona road course race that's going to come up in week two, but for all the road courses we're going to go to, that they're going to essentially get however many laps they end up running worth of practice to use that data to give themselves an advantage as we go to these tracks for the first time. Yeah, yeah, well, and, that, and that's, you know, obviously that's going to be part of Ty's job too, you know, as much as I'm sure that they want to win the race tomorrow, they probably want a lot of information. Right. Um, look, at the end of the day, they're going to be racing there in a week and a half for points. Exactly. Um, and, and, Ty, and Ty Dillon is somebody that uh, he won a stage at the Roval last year, so he obviously has um, you know some good skills on the road course, so I feel like he can give them some solid feedback. Yeah, and that's honestly probably why they tapped him. I mean, look, they need somebody eligible, number one. Sure. But, but two, you know, his – plus, he's kind of switched over to the Toyota camp. Anyway, so it just – it was real natural fit for him. Right. So looking at drivers that are going to be in the clash, 24 drivers eligible, uh, three drivers that have opted not to participate, Matt Kenseth, Jimmy Johnson, of course, and Clint Boyer, who have all retired now. Um, so it's going to be a 21-car field consisting of Eric Almarola, Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman, Chris Buescher, Kurt Busch, Kyle Busch, William Byron, Cole Custer, Matt DiBenedetto, Austin Dillon, Ty Dillon, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Eric Jones, Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, Ryan Newman, Tyler Reddick, Ricky Stenhouse, and Martin Truex Jr. Again, these are all the guys that are typically up there running and competing for wins week in and week out. So it's not like we have, you know, it's not like we're really omitting any big names here. It's going to be the usual suspects that we tend to see running up front anyway. So I, I don't think we're in for any kind of surprise winner here tomorrow night, especially considering the fact that it's going to be run on the road course and not the speedway anymore. Yeah, exactly. And as we record this, we're still waiting for the official lineup to be 
posted, I guess they're going I think they're doing something to, at 8:45 tonight. Yeah, it's going to be on uh, the Facebook Live, I think. Um the the old the Bud Shootout used to do a selection show where they would draw numbers out of Budweiser bottles, so I guess it's going to be something akin to that probably. Yeah. Um yeah. But as far, as far as this race goes, and, you know, we've talked about it all off season that, that you know, the, the a 35-lap race on the D- Daytona road course doesn't excite me as, as much as running the old Speedway used to would typically. But, I mean, it, it's, the, it's the kickoff to everything. I'm excited it's going to be here. I'm going to watch every single lap, and I'm going to be, um, you know, excited that everything's back. But it's just, I don't know, it's, it's just going to feel different. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, and that's, I think that's a word to, you know, describe. Obviously, we talked about it last year with COVID, but we're still dealing with COVID now. You know, sure. not much is really. Yeah. Um, but it's just in, you know, all the different tracks we're going to go to, the, the different ways that um, the schedules change, the different drivers in new places. It's just, there's a lot different with this season. But, you know, I, I'm, look, I wish it was still on the Oval. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I think last week, Clash is too close to crash for there not to be a big one. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I want, I'm not saying I want cars torn up. Sure, but you know it's it's an exhibition. It's just fun, and um, like I've said, also like I hope tomorrow that nobody just turns it into a glorified test session. I think it will happen with somebody, whether they admit it or not. I um, I definitely think those first 15 laps are probably going to end up being that way because you're going to run 15 laps. We're going to have essentially a competition caution stage break whatever you want and then a 20 lap run to the end now of course there is degrees of payouts depending on your finishing position but especially in with road courses and knowing that there's only gonna be 21 cars in the field so the worst you're gonna be restarting for the final segment is is you know 10th in line basically i I think everybody's probably going to use those first 15 laps as a little bit of a test session you know because you're not you're not getting any benefit from being in the lead at the end of the first stage um and everybody's going to pit and you're going to get to re-rack them anyway so i think the first 15 laps are probably going to be in for that testing type of session and then hopefully the last 20 are at least competitive but um no guarantees i guess right yeah so this does bring up an interesting question though and there's a really good video that um a youtuber named slap shoes made the other day that i watched um we're all familiar with the fact that nobody has ever won the clash a duel and the daytona 500 all in the same year, the, the Daytona Triple, as some people call it. With now the fact that the clash is on the road course, you know, so you're, you're talking about two different disciplines of racing in super speedway and road course racing. If somebody were to win all three races in speed weeks this year, let's say Chase Elliott does it, wins the clash tomorrow night, wins his duel, and wins the Daytona 500, would you be more impressed with somebody doing that, or would you be more impressed with somebody winning all three events on the super speedway? That's a good question. <laughs> Probably, look, we, we talk about with super speedway racing how much luck it takes. Sure. And, and even even with the clash in a reduced field and, and with the duels in the reduced field, there, there's a lot. I mean, yes, there's a ton of skill mm-hmm. required, but there's a, there's a lot of luck, too. I don't think there's as much luck on the road course. Mm-hmm. I think you've just got to be skilled. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I would in my i i am more impressed i would be more impressed with the triple on the oval because what it, you? well 
And I, I would agree with you because we know these oval races are definitely about surviving. So the fact that you can be in contention to win all three of them over the course of seven days without getting taken out in a wreck is a feed in and of itself. Um, I definitely think there's something to be said that if you can master two disciplines of racing within a week, two very different ones, I might add, too, um, that don't really complement one another. I think that's impressive. But, but like you said, with the with what luck is on super speedways to have to be able to survive all three of those races, I, I still think and maybe this is the traditionalist in me talking, but I, I would still hold the super speedway in a little bit higher regard. But winning all three, including on the road course, would still be quite an accomplishment. Be impressive nonetheless i just for me i just like like you said words you just used that just kind of you know put a lot on above my head was was control like what you can control on a road course you can pretty much control yeah you know but you put everybody on the oval you know i mean you look back to when jimmy johnson wrecked the entire field just a couple years ago mm-hmm. i'm you know it just stuff like that it's just like stuff like that happens sure I mean, what like it or not it happens sure um that's very unlikely to happen on a road course sure okay so let's jump into it and and who are we thinking the favorites are for this i think i know who's going to be at the top of your list and he's most likely going to be at the top of mine as well i mean can you really pick against chase elliott in the bush clash i i mean i'm going to but it's just i think it's more of a at some point in time this road course streak he's on is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm yeah, he's, he's not going to win every road course race this year. That's that's just no. not going to happen. Um, and obviously, we saw how impressive he was um, last year, last mm-hmm. summer at the road course, Daytona. So, um, obviously, he's the logical pick. But I'm going to go with Denny Hamlet. I, I think that there – I mean, obviously, we said it last year with him, you know, after having the strong run the year before and, sure. and having the issue – homestead that you know it was a big year for him and and i you know he's got to at some point in time he's got to get the monkey off his back that he doesn't have a championship sure you know and um i think he needs a strong performance and and i think too it's it's big for him having you know his team racing Mm -hmm. i think there's a there's a lot you know not only for him as a driver but for him as an owner that that is you know this this first you know three weeks in in the state of Florida, could set the tone for the entire season for him. I mean, because, like, we know how Bubba runs it at these super speedways. He's sure. very consistent, and he runs well. I mean, could you imagine if, if Bubba got a win before <laughs> Denny did? That would be I mean, that would be quite a story. I mean, I, I'm sure Denny would be thrilled, but it's just, you know, I, I feel like a guy like him, he just he needs to get off to a hot start this year. Well, and it, I, I it, think he'll start that tomorrow night. And I think for Denny's sake, again, because he is starting his own team now, and, you know, that, that certainly in, in incurs a lot of time and a lot of focus and stuff like that. If Denny comes out these first, you know, four or five races of the season and he's not getting top tens, he's finishing, you know, 15th to 20th and he's not competitive, that's what everybody's going to latch on to is, well, he shouldn't have started his own team. Now he can't perform like he needs to, and he's not a championship threat anymore. I think if Denny were to go out there and win the clash tomorrow night, again, because it's not a race about luck and survival. It is a race about technical skill and really showing what you're made of. I think that would hush a lot of people up before they can even get that conversation started. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's a good point too. He just needs to, he needs to get out of the gate hot. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm going to stick in the Gibbs camp, but I'm going to go with Kyle Bush and tough season for him last year. He gets the one win at, 
Texas. They end up shuffling the crew chiefs around. So now Ben B. Shore is his crew chief. One of Kyle's most impressive runs last year was on the Daytona road course. I think he may have had a car just as fast as Chase Elliott, ends up having either a problem on pit road or a mechanical failure. I can't remember which one that took him out of the race, prevented him from winning that day. But that showed me that he had speed on the road course. And look, he's one of the best drivers to ever set into a NASCAR Cup Series car. And I think last year really got to him. And I think he's going to be wanting to make a statement right out of the gate. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if he wins the clash tomorrow night. Yeah. He's, he's somebody obviously had a, you know, Kyle Busch standards had a horrible year last year. Right. Uh, and, and somebody you look at as, as a potential, you know, if you're going to have comeback driver of the year, sure. I think you can, because you know, you, you get rid of Adam Stevens, bring in Ben Bayshore. I think that they, I think they have, you know, a handful of wins together. Um, so they're, they're familiar with one another. So, um, it'll be interesting to see kind of kind of what kind of year he has. Um, you know, we would assume that both you know his teammates of Truex and Denny would would both have good seasons. And then you think, um, you know, Christopher Bell now in the twenty. You know, he's going to hopefully have some runs. You know, maybe at wins, maybe he will win. Right. Uh, so Kyle could not imagine a year in which Kyle was, you know, the fourth best driver at Gibbs. But um, but I, I think you know. It's crucial for him too to to kind of get off to a good start Absolute. with a new crew chief. Absolutely. Uh, now jumping ahead to Wednesday night, we're going to set the lineup for the duels as well as the front row for the Daytona 500. It looks like our final entry list for the Daytona 500 is going to sit at 44 cars. Now this New York Racing Team thing with the rumors with Johnny Sauter that ended up not being true. So you're going to have your 36 chartered cars and then you're going to have your eight open cars and those open cars attempting to make the race on speed or get in via the qualifying race is going to be Garrett Smithley in the 13, Kaz Grala in the 16, um, Austin Sindrick in the 33, David Reagan in the 36, Ryan Priest in the 37, uh, Noah Gregson in the 62, Timmy Hill in the 66, and Ty Dillon in the 96. So what we do know is that on Wednesday night, the top two out of those eight will lock themselves in on speed. So when we yeah. get to the duels on Wednesday night, it'll be six cars going for two positions. I want to ask you first, who are going to be the two cars? We talked about this a little bit last week. Your final answer now, I guess. Who are going to be the two cars that lock themselves in on speed come Wednesday night? Um, on speed, I think definitely Austin Cendrick. Um and the other guy I think is going to be Ryan Priest. I mean, look what Ricky Stenhouse Jr. did last year. Um, we know that they've they've got power under the hood, so I'm going to roll with those two guys. I'm going to completely agree with you. I said this last week as well. We know what Penske cars are on super speedways. I wouldn't be surprised if Austin Sendricks qualified in the top five with the rest of them or something like that. And, gosh, can you imagine if there are five yeah. Penske cars in the Daytona 500? They, I mean, there's a good chance they could dominate that entire race as a team. Yeah. But but we know yeah. he's he's going to have that speed that everybody else on the team has, so I don't worry about him. And, yeah, it's hard to argue with Ryan Priest because, again, not only that, he has the Hendrick horsepower that Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has as well, and he's an open car. So they know that they're going to have to pour probably more resources into qualifying the, 30, the 37 than they are the 47 because they want to make sure that he makes the race. Right. 
and a, a point you just made there, I was I was hoping you'd bring it up. Um, but the uh, is Hendrick and the the ECR is that is that fully going now? Yeah. So uh, the way I understand it, it really kind of started going towards the end of last season when we saw Chase Elliott, you know, reel off his three wins in the playoffs and of course win the championship. But but. I imagine that's what the entire offseason was spent kind of finalizing all that stuff. So as we head into speed week, speed weeks, whatever you want to call it, I mean, I think it, it's a full go now. Yeah, I think that's going to be, like I said, I mean, we've, we've got a million different things we could spend hours talking about. I think that's just one of those stories that it's going to be interesting to watch not only this weekend, right, but as we head into the next several weeks. Because, look, I mean – Obviously, two is better than one, theoretically. So sure. let's see how much power they have. Well, I can tell you one thing. I I don't think we can argue with the fact that Penske and Hendrick are going to be up there fighting for the pole because um, they always are. That's just how it is. And I'm going to be interested to see if now, you know, if Richard Childress racing, if these other, um, you know, if, if the uh, JTG Jordy cars are up there again, if the Ganassi cars are up there again, like, is this really going to be a collective effort on all Chevrolet teams, and is it going to be reflected in their qualifying speed? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'd be interested to see that. So, w- with that, we'll just jump right in. And, of course, the, the top two qualifiers on Wednesday night will get to keep their position for Sunday's race. Who's going to be the front row? Now, it, are you a believer in the conspiracy theory revolving the Daytona 500 poll? Like, oh, it's got to be, you know, somebody that's going to be a big storyline for the week to come. You know, Chase Elliott check, taking over for Jeff Gordon, Danica Patrick and her first 500, those kind of things. Do you believe her in that? To an extent, yes. Um, I'm not saying NASCAR lets them, lets the, the drive, lets the crew members add a little juice to the cars. Sure. There's just, there's some things like you can't explain and there's, the, you know, throughout the sport. Um, so, but whether that happens this year, it's just another story. Um, but my front row um, is going to be a Hendrick front row. Okay. And it's going to be Kyle Larson. There's Talk a story. Stories. Talk about stories. Kyle Larson and William Byron. Okay. Um, I just, I, they're just going to, I think they're going to trim those cars out and and just go for it. I mean, like they usually do. I mean... Right. I'm, I'm going to stick in the Hendrick camp for the poll, and I'm going to give him another Daytona 500 poll, and we'll talk about stories, taking over for seven-time champ. I'm going to give Alex Bowman the poll. Moving over to the yeah. 48 car, um, we know he... Alex Bowman has improved tremendously since, his first, since he first got into Hendrick full-time. He's only gotten better and better, and we saw him put together some strong performances at the end of last season, and I think he's in for a big year this year, and I think it starts with the Daytona 500 poll. I guess Copper will him <laughs> on the poll. Thanks, Copper. Thanks for agreeing with me. Um, uh, on the outside, though, again, it's really hard to bet against the Penske camp. I think it's going to be a mix of Penske and Hendrick um, in these top you know, six to eight qualifying positions. I'm going to give it to Brad Keselowski. And, again, we, we talk about stories and, and, you know, what his process was last year for coming back to Penske. A lot of people thought, you know, he was going to be the one that was going to take over that 48 car. He ends up coming back to Penske on a one-year deal. We don't know what his future is going to be. Um, he ended up having a stronger year than I, I think a lot of people expected him to. He made it to the championship four. I, I think 
And again, with the Penske speed, I just think this sets up well for Keselowski in that two team. Yeah, yeah, and obviously he's he's a dude that just he can win anywhere you put him, really. Yep. Uh, and that's just where he's become so good. Absolutely. Um, we're just keeping this episode short. We will have another episode later on in the week as we get into the truck race, the Xfinity race, and of course the Daytona 500 on Sunday. Um, so we're just kind of talking about the, the clash and qualifying here. But since this is our, our preseason episode, I feel like we should go ahead and throw our championship picks out there too. You called it from the beginning last year, and I got to give you credit for it. You called Chase Elliott as the champion. He went down to Phoenix and won it. I called Kevin Harvick. He didn't even make it to the Final Four. So as we enter 2021, I mean, is Chase going to go back-to-back? Are you leaning that way? No. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but, no, I, I think that it's just it's so difficult to win in this format. Yes. And to think of, think of anybody going back-to-back is just, I don't want to say ludicrous, but it's just kind of like, man, I don't really see that. Um, but the guy that, that just, had, for all off seasons, just I've been thinking about this pick. Who I'm gonna pick? Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna go with Kyle Busch. Okay. I think there's, I think that, and, and that's not. Some, I mean, I know that he had a bad season last year sure. by his standard. Um, that's not some crazy pick, I don't think. Sure. Um, but I think there's just there's something about him that just. Like, he needs to come out and prove, you know, I'm still the best out here. Yeah, for sure. You know, and obviously with a new crew chief, um, we'll see how that pairing goes. I mean, remember last year we talked about when Penske had their crew chief shuffle, how, how mm-hmm. Brad Keselowski was, you know, he was he was screwed, you know. Showed they us. Really did. But, you know, and that's the thing is, like, you know, Benjamin Shore is well-respected, um, you know, in the lower levels, but um, – We'll see what happens with him, um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Kyle. I, I think, I think he gets number three, um, and and look, I, I do. I ever think he'll get to seven? No, I think it's way too difficult to do. But if there's if there's one guy right now that you look at and you go, that guy just has it. Because mm. like, I mean, look, Chase is 24, 25 years old. Let's hope he races for another 15, 20 years. Sure, he's got a. He's got a shot to win multiple more championships, one would think. Yep. But it just it, so much has to go right. So I'm going to roll with Kyle. How about you? I'm going to stick in a boat with the former champion. And I, I hate to pick the same guy two years in a row, but we can't ignore the fact that Kevin Harvick had one of the most impressive seasons in recent memory. Yeah, he didn't make it to the Final Four, but, I mean, he was blowing the competition away for the first, you know, 90% of the season. It just all came undone there at the end. And you talk about Kyle Busch wanting to prove something. I mean, do you remember, would it have been, was it 14 or 16 when Kevin Harvick made the tweet about the, the bowl, like, this is going to be me for the rest of the year, and Rick Allen wouldn't shut up about it? Do you remember that? I want to say it was 14. Okay, and of course he went on to win the championship that year. I mean, I got to think that's his mentality for this entire season because we know he was obviously rightfully uh, upset about, you know, the way the championship format um, ended up excluding him for the Final Four there. Now he should have performed better, obviously, but uh, it it was weird to not have the most dominant driver of the regular season in the championship four. So I I think he's going to go out there with his hair on fire. And if we've seen how dominant he and Childers can be together, and for now what is the third year in the exact same rules package at these bigger tracks, I mean, 
I just expect these guys to go out there and crush everybody again. Yeah, I mean, there's he was he was the number two for me um, on my list. Um, yeah, I, I think that I cannot believe he's only he only has one championship. Yeah, you, know, you look at the you look at the body of work he's done since he won in 2014. Mm-hmm. If you put his stats out there, you'd be like, well, duh, he's at least won one more, maybe two. Well, he's made the championship um, for almost every single year since. Yeah. It's just you look at all this stuff and you're like, there's there's no way he hasn't won yet. Sure. Um, but I think but he hasn't. At the end of the day, he hasn't. Yep. Um so it, it, that that's a good that's a, I mean, that's the thing. We're not I don't feel like we're stepping out on a limb. I'm not no. this year. I mean the Chase one was out of left field, if I'm being hundred percent honest. And, and and do I um, want to see Chase Elliott win another championship? Absolutely I do. But if you had to sit here and tell me, do you think Chase or Harvick has a better chance of winning the championship in twenty twenty one, I mean I gotta go with Harvick. Yeah, I haven't looked at the the betting odds um, for the championship, but um, but yeah, you would think that that our two picks would be right up there at, at the top, if not, you know, the top two slides. Let's see if I can find the championship odds real quick. Let's see what all all Vegas has to say about this. Yeah. Let's see. Um. Let's see. NASCAR betting odds. Vegas Insider. There we go. Uh, wow. Oh, that's for the Daytona 500. I was about to say, is Denny Hamlin really the championship favorite? No, he's not. Uh, Chase Elliott at 11, or Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick have the exact same odds as of right now. Hmm. And that's sitting at 11 to 2 currently. So. Maybe it is but, maybe it is Chase's year again. I don't know, but I feel more comfortable picking Harvick. Yeah, me too. So, well, we're locked in now, and uh, you were right last year. So we'll see if if um, you know Kyle Busch has his redeeming championship uh, come November in, in Phoenix this year. Yeah, maybe I should put money on it this year. I was gonna say you would have won because uh, Chase was certainly not one of the favorites last year. So you would have you would have made a little bit off of that. Yeah. But um so all right. This is our last preseason episode. Like I said, we're it's literally seven o'clock right now, so we are right at twenty four hours away from seeing our first green flag of twenty twenty and then man we're off and running we're off and running until uh November when that championship race is. Yeah, we finally made it here. So all right. Well we'll uh like I said, we'll be back at the end of the week to look ahead to the points-paying races of the weekend, and Dalton was gracious enough to come up with a spreadsheet so we can actually keep up with our track. points this year because I lost track of them halfway through. You probably ended up with more wins than me anyway, so and you won the championship, so that counts for something too. But um, yeah. now we'll try and be better about keeping up with that this year. So, yep. All right. Well, like I said, we'll be back at the end of the week to look ahead to all of the points-paying races this weekend. So we thank you so much for listening the Up Speed Podcast. We'll catch you next time.